I'm going to get straight to the point with you, Jerry. Um, <laughs> all right. I was like, yeah, remember that book you, uh, we, had a com- <laughs> we, had, we had a conversation about a book. Jerry was like, yeah, I got this book. Um, I don't remember exact words, but he was like, um, looking for your uh, signatures or cosign or something. Like, I don't remember. What exactly did you tell me back in the day? Uh, I hit you. I hit you and was like, um, I'm going to do certain quotes with like all of the dopest trainers in LA. That's mm. what it was. Yeah. Was it for this book here? Uh, the <laughs> Guns, Drugs, and Wealth? Yeah, it was for Guns, Drugs, and Wealth. Okay, that's, that's very interesting. Cause <laughs> Jerry uh, brought this to my attention and he was like, you know, I was honored that he wanted me to share a quote when I was one of the top trainers in LA. His words, not mine. Period. I'm not cocky. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to read that book first before I get involved in all this da-da-da-da-da-da. And um, I'm not much of a reader. I'm a visual dude. So long story short, I never read the book, never participated or supported the book. But I just watched the man just like grow, 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 leave all trainers in the dust. Like, no comp- not, not a competition point, but let's, just being successful, taking care of themselves, being focused and just climbing. And I'm just like, you know what? I should have looked into this book. (laughs) Everybody, this is Jerry Ford, straight out of uh, Detroit, Michigan, and um, Thank you for coming today oh, man, because he could have been like, you know what, Max? Um, no book support, <laughs> no, no podcast support. Nah, I, but but nah, I was like, man. I was like, uh, this is a great opportunity <laughs> to like speak, speak on that and just find out how, how Jerry went from point A to B and also edify you guys, inspire, motivate you guys. I know I came here to learn. So, um, but um, yeah, t- tell, tell me about this book because uh, I know uh, the book is doing well. This book, the book's been out. If you could uh, speak on the book a little bit, like the title, like Guns, Drugs, and Wealth. Yeah, you know what's crazy is that when I first titled the book, it was originally titled uh, Money IQ, right? And then I was reading this book, um, and they were like, you know You what? read a lot. I seen your- Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yo, hi. <laughs> Not to cut you off, but like, I, I don't like to read. So, so I actually don't read either. I listen, audiobooks. Oh, audiobooks. see, I like to and listen then, and, and watch I, and watch and then visuals. I take notes and then have a conversation with somebody about it like every week. Okay, because I, 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 th- I scroll down, I stalked them a little bit. I was like, let's see what this dude is doing because he's winning. <laughs> and I seen like uh, posts about books. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so he's reading a lot. I, I feel stupid. Nah, man. Um, I, but I, I do read, I listen to one book a week. One book a week. For real? Like, I I need to catch up. Yeah, because I I think they said the average CEO reads, like, I think it was equivalent to one book a week. So I was like, all right, if I want to be there, if I want to be that average CEO in whatever, you know, terms, I want to put that in. Like a whole book? Whole book. A book a week. I mean, how long did that take, approximately? Honestly, to listen to a book, it's like average four or five hours. Okay. So we drive so much in LA, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I listen to the book while I'm driving, and then... Sometimes I'll do like a voice note to myself, like, all right, this is what I want to take a note of. Let me remember this. And then I write it down whenever I get, you know, home or wherever place. But to, yeah. to, 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 so literally the book was called Money IQ First. Mm. So then I read that book that said, all right, when you're naming your book, put your book next to three of your favorite books and then look at which one you want to read. So I was like, right. all right, Money IQ 
rich dad, poor dad, uh, you know, multiple streams of income. And I was like, yo, I need a new title. <laughs> oh, Money IQ was one of them? No, Money IQ was my right. original name of the book. So what, what, what's, what was the three? Rich the Dad, three. Poor Dad? It, it, it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, The New Jim Crow, and then Multiple Streams of Income. And all, all of those titles are catchy. Like, you want to read those books. I was like, yeah, I don't want to read Money IQ, so it's time for a new title. You know? Right. So then I thought about it. I was like, all right, what am I trying to get across? So I was like, okay, I come from Detroit. A lot of violence so that's guns then you had the choice of guns or drugs but then a lot of people where I'm from want to attain wealth so I was like you know what guns drugs or wealth that's the title and it came to me I switched the name and that was that guns drugs or wealth so what you're saying is that a lot of people are into killing a I'm lot wrong. of people are into drugs that's right a lot of people into wealth and so like but you got people got a choice Right. You know what I'm saying? Because where I'm from, people don't always know they got a choice. Mm. Okay. That's, t that's two different things, though. Like, people have a choice, and then where you're from, people don't know they got choices. It's, right. like, it's like if they don't know they got a choice, so technically they're just choosing the same thing. That's right. So how, how, how do we overcome that? So How did you overcome so it? Because you did. I, I, realized, bro, I realized the world was much bigger than Detroit when I just moved out of the state. I moved out of the state for college. And got to experience a different way of life. Where'd you go? I went to Jersey. Went to right. New Jersey, Rutgers University. So I said, okay, I'm at Rutgers, different culture. The world is much bigger than Detroit. Mm. And then when I went, I lived in London for a year in 2008. When I went to London, I was like, okay, the world is much bigger than America. So uh, do traveling. Went, yeah, the, the, the traveling. Because you can't, you can't dream what you can't see. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that let me know that I had a choice once I got out of Detroit. Man. You know what I'm saying? What was the inspiration to, like, go to Jersey? Because some people, it's like, even if everything is not all good at home, home is home, and I'm just going to, like, stay here because that's all I know. So I knew, I mean, it's sad to say, but my entire life, teachers told me that I was going to end up dead or in jail. Are you, were you about that life? You, oh, yeah. You in trouble? I was, I, was, I was definitely, I mean, it's, it's like... Being where I'm from, again, even, even from the neighborhood, it's like you can be a wolf or a sheep. Ah. It's, just, it's like it's no in-between. Okay, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? And you start acting yeah, kind, like, and they're like... Yeah, it's hey. like it's, you, got, you got to choose. So I knew that I had to leave. Okay. Yeah, so like, it's yeah, like life I, or death. I, I had to leave. It was life or death. Okay. Yeah, you were given an ultimatum, and you're like, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, not, not, not literally, but... I knew, I knew what the outcome was. Okay, you seen, you know, you seen you, things you, happen you, around you. You know what's crazy, man, is that uh, two weeks before I left for college, I end up getting into the situation and I, I end up going to jail. Two weeks before I went to college. Yeah, and they were talking about twenty five years. Oh, and wake I'm, up call. I'm sitting in this. I'm sitting in this jail cell, and. I'm just like, I got I to gotta change. Mm. Something's got to change. And then I had the opportunity to go to Rutgers, which the fact that they even let me in with my GPA was a blessing for me, you know? Yeah. So when I realized that I, I had to go when I was sitting in that jail cell, two weeks later, I left. Mm. How'd you get the opportunity to go to Rutgers? So I, I, had a, I, had a, I got a friend 
and he put in a good word at Rutgers. So he set okay. up an interview. Straight. So I went to the interview at Rutgers, and I remember I met with the uh, the higher ups at Rutgers, and they were looking at my transcript because I graduated with a point six seven. Okay. Right? So they were looking at my tra- and Rutgers is like Ivy League status. So they're looking at my transcripts, man, and they're like, okay, what I'm looking at on paper doesn't match the person that's standing in front of me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, so what happened? So I started telling them about, you know, how my best friend got murdered and then how my brother got murdered. All right, sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And so they were like, I got it. And so they were like, okay, if, if, if we accept you into this school, do you promise to be on the dean's list? I didn't know what the dean's list was. So I was like, yo, sign me up. I put my name on there right now, you know? But through summer school, through having a tutor, I ended up reaching that goal of staying on the dean's list. But that's how I got into the school. They let me in. They let you in, but it sounds like you would have gotten in if you didn't have, you know, a rough start. Yeah. Because dean's list. Yeah. And that's not, (laughs) you got to put in work for that. You got to put in work for that. Uh, they let you in and do what sounds like what you were meant to do. Yeah. Respect, man. And uh, from there, you went to Europe. Like, what inspired that transition? So, so I actually, I studied abroad in Europe. And then from there, a whole lot of different opportunities presented itself. Mm. You know, opportunities in the training world. I ended up uh, performing on a Shakespeare's Globe stage as an actor, which was insane. Mm. And uh, I spent a year out there, which was a, a mind opener in itself. I was 19 years old, living in London for a year. Mm. So that taught me a whole lot and then came back to the States. Oh, you, you started early. Yeah. Like I was, I was in Germany in the military um, at 19 and you, you went to Europe, like invest in the future. I mean, like the military <laughs> investment in the future as well, but like. Yeah. What you did was uh, more ideal. <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> looking, looking back. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah, um, Jerry's got a deep, huge um, martial arts background. Um, I want to get some insight in that because I see you doing stuff. I'm like, yeah, you got to put in time to get you know, to master these different movements and Facts. all. So, um, and, and um, did, did you do you incorporate that in acting? Did, did you do... I did, I did, I did. In so, uh, so I actually did incorporate a lot of the martial arts stuff into the to the acting period. Um, but I, I've been doing martial arts since I was maybe six, so for like more than twenty years. So you didn't lose too many fights growing up. <laughs> I did. Hey. <laughs> I did. Hey, look, I, I ever since I've known Jerry, he's been smiling, good <laughs> good vibes and all that. But whenever I see his videos of him doing martial arts, I'm like, nah. <laughs> It don't add up. <laughs> no, it, it does add up. I mean, like martial arts, from what I know, it, it teaches you discipline, humi- That's right. humility. That's right. And so um, I respe- I highly respect it. I was like, this is like my first opportunity, not the first opportunity, the first yeah. opportunity I'm taking to have a sit down with the man and like yeah, yeah, g- yeah. get to know him. Because like, in LA, you see a lot of people, it's like, hi, bye, smile, handshake. It's real short. So um, That's right. po- podcast is like a very... Uh, Organic opportunities, we really get to know the people that I do know or think I know, you know what I'm mm-hmm. So I appreciate you being here. Like, um, I appreciate so, you having me. Of course. And then from London, what happened there? Like, you- So <clears throat> I left London. Uh, I finished up my senior year at Rutgers University. Then I moved to New York. New York is where my actual training 
career began, you know, because as a person graduating from college, I was broke, you know, so I walked into this super fancy gym. It was the New York Health and Racket Club. And I just wanted to work out. I was health like, and ratchet? Okay. Uh, health and racket. Club. I you. <laughs> but man, I just wanted to work out. You know, when you when you broke and you a, you a gym rat, you just go get as many free passes as you can, you know? Oh, yeah. And so uh, I ended up becoming a trainer there because another trainer kind of took me under his wing. Mm. And that's where, that's where. There's a pattern. Like somebody uh, spoke on your behalf for yeah. Rutgers. So, Somebody uh, spoke on my behalf to get into this gym. Okay. And I got into that gym, man. And and I, I've always loved fitness, even through starting martial arts as a kid. I've always loved fitness. So when I start developing the knowledge and the skills to train, I fell in love with it, man. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with it. And it was like that's all for 16 hours a day I was at the gym. That's I one did. thing about you. Like uh, when I was in and out of the gym where you used to train at, like just be putting in hours. See, I what I didn't, what I didn't realize, of course, because I I didn't know you like that. I didn't yeah. like I didn't be like, yo, let me see uh, what you're doing behind closed doors, like business plan, future plan. Yeah, you putting in time, it's putting in time, and I, a lot of trainers just put in time, but they don't plan or invest like the time they're putting in. But That's right. it looks like you you <laughs> you strategize a little different yeah, than most man. trainers. Yeah, yeah, but you know what though, one wake up call for me was. Uh, when I got fired from my last job, the gym, mm. I got fired from my job. And when I tell you that was the best thing that's ever happened to me, that was the, and I thank God for that. bro. We'd be de- dependent on these. Uh, that, because like <laughs> that, that security, that security robs ambition. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Pacifies you. Yeah. Or, or, or it, 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 it robs ambition. And I was so caught up in being the superstar trainer for them trying to bring in a certain uh, amount of money a month. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I didn't realize until I got shaken out of my routine how much it was robbing my true potential. You know, so, so when I got fired from the gym, it, it really started making me think outside the box. And then that's when I went to, I took a trip to New York. I got a, I got a mentor um, and who now works with me in the stock market. And he's a he's a multi billionaire, and I literally called him. How do I sign up for? (laughs) (laughs) So so I called him. I called him, bro, and I was like, I just got fired from my job. So I was like, How did you do it? I'm like, A lot of people make a million dollars, but you made a billion dollars, bro. How did you do it? So he's like, Yo, dude, when you're in New York again, we'll sit down, we'll talk. (laughs) Not that serious. I said. (laughs) I'm flying there right now. I hung up the phone. I hopped on a red eye and I flew to New no, It was wintertime. I flew to New York. No coat, no bags, no nothing. I flew to New York City. I got to his door and I said, how did you do it? And we sat there and we created a plan and I came back and I was hell bent on what I call, what I title in my book, the billionaire track. Like mm-hmm. I was like, it's time to stop letting it's time to stop buying all these liabilities. It's time to start really building wealth, a future, and start letting these assets pay for the liabilities. So that's when that's when my focus really shifted. That sounds like something people should leave middle school and leave high school knowing. Because it's like, uh, I mean, there's enough room for a competition I where agree. 
you can share share that knowledge, share the wealth, so people don't come out of middle school, high school, come out of college like thinking like peasants. That's right, operating like peasants. So, and and that's that's one thing that I think. That's one thing that I wish that schools taught is financial literacy. Mm. They don't at all. They do not. People people leave these super prestigious colleges with these super prestigious programs with all of this knowledge and got no financial literacy. What do you think? Why do you think your schools don't teach that? Since it's, it's pretty important. It, it is. It is very important. Make a break. I, I just. I just think that. I think that the the masses. I don't think the masses or that 80% of America that's poor middle class, I don't think, I don't know. I mm. really don't know. Uh, I look at it, I mean, I, I see it from a different perspective as you because you, yeah. you're in it, like this is what you do. Um, I look at it like, like training though. Sometimes people, you got to trigger, motivate, inspire them to like do things that actually benefits them yeah. or um, show them how it's done because – for me, even me, like it looks like you know, investing stocks and all that. It looks like sounds and looks like gibberish to me. But yeah, just like anything else, you can learn. You can learn how to fly. Right. So it's like being in the right environment and also wanting and that cra- knowledge. The crazy thing is that investing, it's not rocket science. They 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 did a study. You think I could do it? One hundred percent. So they they did a study on kids graduating from these super amazing schools, and then they put people like off the streets. It was ten people each. And they taught them all the exact same thing in the market. They gave them a portfolio for a certain period of time to see who performed better. The people off the street performed much better than the people from these prestigious colleges. Because investing, it's all strategy. And we learn strategy in different ways. You can learn strategy on the street. You can learn strategy in the military. You know what I'm saying? Strategy is, is kind of an instinct thing. You know, like investing requires a certain instinct. Most of investing requires a certain instinct besides like fundamentals and uh, techno, like technical. It requires a certain instinct that you can't reduce the paper. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's so anybody can do it. Anybody can learn it. But the problem is, is that at least in America, we don't teach it, which is insane. Because you got, like I said, you got 80% of America that's poor middle class. And then you got, you know, the rest of America who's just wealthy or one percenters. It's like, it's like if you're not thinking about investing business and like that type of growth, it's like, it's like, do you really exist? And are you really planning for a future? Yeah. And so like, I, I'm lacking in that a lot. So you, you know, I'm going to be like, yo, uh, remember how <laughs> I got I, you. I got you. Yeah. like, And, and especially in LA, you know, like. When, when I first started my, my now business, I was like, wow. So I came from training where I had a lot of clients in showbiz and some corporate clients. And I was like, man, I started doing research in like the houses in the hills and how they're not occupied for more than 10 years before they lose them because of poor spending habits. So when I started my hedge fund, the first people that I went to were those singer, rapper, clients that I had and was like, look, let me help you compound your money so that you don't lose it. Mm. And some people was like, nah, I'm straight. Some people was like, okay. And it's crazy because during a pandemic, when the pandemic first started, I paid 
all of most of my artists out because I figured it must be a rough time for them. So I paid all of them out just to show them that what I'm doing is real. Wow. They were in a, a year contract that was a lockup, which means that I was investing their money for at least a year before they can touch it. Mm hmm. And for most of them, it had only been six months. But I had artists who had just bought multi-million dollar homes. And again, I'm sure they were okay. But to come to them with a 10% return. In six months. In six months. And say, hey, here you go. If you want to put the initial investment back, you can. But just, just so you're okay during this pandemic, here you go. You're a good man. You know? And I mean, that, that just made them put even more right. money in. They were like, yo, this dude gave me 10% in six months. That don't exist, you know. But uh, I, just wanted to encourage, I just wanted to encourage the man to compound their money, bro, because that's just something that nobody's taught. Mm. Yeah, when you speak about instincts and, like, being successful, you know, using the instinct and strategy, like, what is it about you? Because everybody don't got that. Yeah. And, you can't learn everything about instincts from, like mm -hmm. you said, books. So is it the upbringing, something that's in you as an individual? Like you notice that amongst your peers? You know, I, th I think it's a combination of both. I see. Because adversities create you, you know. Right. Every moment brings you to the next moment. But also who I am, I think, really shaped even the way that I invest. You know, mm -hmm. because... When it comes down to it, I'm hungry, you know. In, in still? My, I'm still. Even, even my, my mentor laughed because he's like, dude, you're doing good. I'm like, no, it's not enough. How can I get better? What can I do to get better, you know? Life's about progression. And, 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 and I'm, all about, I'm all about, you know, time on a task over time beats talent every time. I'm like, am I giving this enough time? Am I doing enough research on each security or, or business that I invest in? Am I listening or reading enough? Am I surrounding myself around the right people to learn or to contribute to them? You know, am I, am I doing X, Y, Z? So I'm, I'm still hungry right now. You know what I'm saying? Like my, my, my wife sometimes laughs because, you know, it, it happens to us all. But I, I, got, I, got, I got certain cars that I'm, I'm really fortunate to have. And I told her, I say, I'm not driving those cars for a week. I'm going to drive this regular car that we got because I need, I need to be hungrier. Motivation. I need to be Drive. hungrier, you know. What, what makes you hungry? What drives you? What's, what's going to take you to the next step? You know, honestly, I think it's just having the best. You know, it's, it's not material. It's not money. I think it's just the inner me saying, if it's there, you can have it. Hmm. You know, like, I, it, it don't matter if I was in a room full of apples, you know. I want the best apple in the room. You right. know, if, if, if we running up Runyon and I did it, in a minute last time, I want to do it in 50 seconds. Okay. You know, it's just, it's just, I, I love getting better. I, I'm, I'm, I just want to be, I want to, I'm hungry and I want to be hungrier. It sounds like you're alive and you're awake because you, you conquer something and you're like, all right, well, this is my lifestyle. Like I, I work towards the next step. If yeah. it's better, it's available, I'm going to work towards it. Where does purpose come into play in all this? So it's funny because I, I just had a, I had a daughter almost two years ago, and congratulations, man! I, I was saying I'm working on that. Yeah, on that. <laughs> <laughs> but man, you know, but before before that, I felt like my purpose was clear, and I felt like 
even you know my my life and my path with with God was clear. But having this daughter, that's what I keep hearing by yo, kids. Like kids are like bro, switching up the whole game on you. Yo, I, I've I've never felt like I had a purpose mm. like I got now. I got hungrier. Okay, I felt like I had more of a purpose. She's my a gift. Path, yeah, my path became more clear because I was ready to be a dad. But when she came into this world, and now that she's becoming an actual person, I feel like I know exactly where to go, exactly what to do. It's crazy, bro. Yeah, that's it. Sounds supernatural, and I'm like, well, she came from the spiritual realm into your life, so literally, I can't imagine like. I have to get some pointers when the time comes. <laughs> Yo, it's, Do's and don'ts. It's great because there's no manuscript. Uh, that's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's no manuscript. So so you, you, you literally just using your instinct along with what you believe in, along with just your natural your natural self, man. It's like the natural human instinct. And you, you, you become aware of how powerful we really are. Mm. It's crazy and how much you can actually care and love a, a, a person, a little person. It's, it's wowing. So yeah, you were planning for yourself and the wife before. Now you're planning for her. That's now you're planning for her. <laughs> and everything that she does is a reflection of y'all too. Watching y'all too. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, <laughs> I see, I seen you um, on the gram posting a few videos of her. You, you challenge her. Yeah. I'm like. I do. I think I, I might have seen her uh, slip and fall, and you were like, yeah, right, you know what to do when you slip and fall. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was like, taking, taking notes. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny because when she, when she was like seven months, six months, seven months, there would be hours where I just did not pick her up. She would be crawling around the house, following me, made her crawl, following me everywhere. I'm talking to her, not even slowing down. She started walking at eight months, which is like crazy. But I just, I just set that bar for her, but also to let her know that I'm here to support her and the stuff that she. Man, at an early age, it's going to be a strong a, woman. At, at, looking at the stuff that she accomplished, it's, it's, it's just a reminder of, wow, as long as somebody is there to teach you, show you, and challenge you, there's no limit. And but, it's just something that I didn't have. So I'm happy I'm able to give that to her. Mm, and that's very important. When you say you didn't have it, can you elaborate on that? Like, Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have both parents in my life. But, again, they're from where I'm from. So there was a cap on what they can teach me, you know. They had me, my mom had me when she was 24. I had my first brother when she was 16. So it was a lot of stuff that they didn't know because they were just, a product of their environment, which how can they not be? So when I started meeting different mentors, like my, my one mentor, my only mentor, Bill, and the stuff that he was teaching me, the stuff that I was learning from other sources, I was like, okay, so why don't I just take a little from everywhere, make it my own, listen, analyze, decide, and I'm now teaching that to my daughter. I mean, even when I'm in the stock market, a lot. I'll have my daughter sit by the screens. I'll explain the market to her. Oh, wow. Because you know what? This is what the Warren Buffets of the world are doing with their kids. Why not? Why not? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Why not? Whatever you didn't get me, that's inspiring a lot of good when you're raising your child. Like, yeah. 
That's amazing to hear, my brother. Um, I definitely want to talk. I feel like we got to do like a whole episode on fatherhood because like there's a lot of important things I like to discuss when it comes to you know, father having a daughter, a child. Yep. And uh, we're definitely going to come back to that with, sure. with, the, the, with the book. Um, so like I'd like to hear more about the title, Guns, Drugs. Like, So how, how do you – I'm going to have to read the book to like get, get the insight. But from, It's an audio book too. Okay. Thanks for, thanks it's for, an audio book too. Thanks for reminding me. Cause when I, I had to. I had yeah, to create an audio what? book, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's like a four or five-hour read. I, it's, it's like a three-hour uh, listen. Listen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not too demanding no. right there. It's not as intimidating as... It's not. But, um, yeah, it's like, how, how, how are you influencing people from where you came from to change using the book? Like, Because um, you, you titled it based on, like, where you came from. Mm-hmm. So, so I, think, I think the one thing that I did that I honestly wish I would have had when I was even starting to listen to books is this book is it's a porch casual conversation. You know, because honestly, financial, literally, I'm, I'm really financially literate. But when it comes to like school, you know, even reading a book, I'm, I'm just, I'm not the smartest person in the world. So I say, you know what? I want to create something that somebody can read and not need a Webster dictionary for every other word. Hmm. Because it's all simple math, you know? So, this book is really porch casual conversation. So I break everything down in layman's terms about how I began to build my wealth through stocks, real estate, and just spending habits. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's the difference. And I wish I would have had that. Okay. So it sounds it like down. you made it dummy proof. Somebody like myself. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> he said me too. For real. Because now when I, I, I listen to my book at least once a month. Because even, even I learn stuff that... I forgot about, and then I got to say, okay, I, I remember that. Let me refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. Because I, I read, wow, I, I took two years, and I was reading one to two books or listening to one to two books a week, taking notes to the point to where my head would hurt sometimes because I had so many sayings, thoughts, and quotes running through my mind from, from reading so much, you know, and then talking to my mentor about the books because that's the best way to remember something is to talk about it. Right. So I got a lot of stuff that I learned and then I went and tried it. And so I tried to, I tried to put the experience of what I learned along with what I tried to try and uh, get people to make the least mistakes, but get the most knowledge as possible. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that book for, again, I wrote that book for the 80% of Americans that live paycheck to paycheck, you know, but people hedge fund, hedge fund kids or trust fund kids can also take that knowledge, but that, that book is written for the poor middle class, mm. for sure, in layman's terms. And when did you publish it and start selling it? I know so I, I published it, it came out uh, 2018. You know what's, what's crazy, man, is that when I first decided I wanted to write a book, I was like, look, I've never read a book from cover to cover. I was like, how am I gonna write a book? So. I was on, yeah, so I, I was traveling with, um, I was actually traveling with Big Sean, and we was in Bali, and I was like, you know what, I got a lot of time, mm. this flight, 17 hours. Hey, you guys don't know, Jerry over here, Jerry Ford trains Big Sean, like, 
yeah. no plug, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so you'll know, like, well, why is he mentioning Big Sean? Yeah. Like, he gets them right. Yeah, yeah, for real. It's crazy because it's like he was my client at first, and then he became like my brother. And then when I retired, he was like, hold on. <laughs> we got to be workout partners or something. He was like, right. you're not leaving my side. So I was, I was traveling with him at the Stay. moment, and I was in Bali, and we had a lot of time, man. And, and I started writing, and it's like in 30 days came this book. You didn't work with a writer? No. Oh, it came straight from the heart. Straight from the heart. Straight from the heart. Passionate dude, I, I, man. I, I, I literally, I just started writing, just started telling my story, and I started talking about the wealth. And I wanted to explain, I wanted to tell my story and I wanted to tell the the ways that I started to build my wealth in order, you know, mm. and step and, by step. Yes. Yeah, step by step. And I put, I put the pieces in order later. Where can people find your book? I mean, I'm going to put the link down in the yeah, description, so, but so they can find a book on Amazon. They can find it on eBooks. They can find it on Audible. They can find it uh, uh, pretty much anywhere. Mm. Okay. Um, one question, like, so, like, there's a lot of people in the industry, myself, I'm a trainer, a lot of trainers, like, what advice would you give them to, like, elevate the game as trainers and not, you know, and then transition into more, you know, more independent with, you know, more exclusive clientele? So, every, every trainer, the number one thing that I would tell them is to, to focus on being good at what they do, first of all. Focus on being good at what you do. The knowledge, putting in the time to know exactly what you're doing and then focus on changing bodies. Because there's no better marketing tool than to see it. That's why you got the arms out. <laughs> <laughs> but even even to see it in a client, you know? Oh, yeah, like yeah. to see it in a client. You reap what like you, you sell. really focus on your clients, you know? Because I see a lot of trainers who, you know, doing a whole lot of other stuff other than working. Focus like on what? Your, like, speak on that. Texting. You okay. know what I'm saying? Doing a whole lot of a whole lot of stuff. You yeah. know, not really, not it's really paying out. attention. Uh, uh, to focus on communicating with their clients, telling them story, and all that's cool. All that's, that's what cool, I keep hearing. But you got to make sure that this client get results. That's what they're here for. You know, and and it's it, it, bro. Like even I'm I'm not Big Sean's trainer per se anymore. We, we work out. I'm still his trainer, but we work out partners. Right. But when I come to his house and we chilling, when we chilling, we chilling, but we in a gym and we start kicking it in between sets. I'm like, yo bro, we got to do this. We got to right. work. You know, you're either in or out. We, we, we in here right now. When we get back into the crib, we can chill. We can talk. We can laugh, but we in his gym. We got to work. So I would, I would encourage people to, to, really put a thousand percent in making their clients work. And then that's going to show those results are going to show. And through those results, people are going to want to train with you. It's just being so good. They can't deny you. you and that same discipline you use with the clients of training can be implemented in other aspects of your yeah, life. Yeah. This so is what you're doing. So number one, that's it. And then number two, and, and I'm telling you, this is one of the best things that I ever learned. And it's literally, 15, 1-5, 15% of your income comes from technical knowledge. Just knowing what you're supposed to know. The other 85% of your income, the other 85% of your income comes from your ability to deal with people and lead people. Mm. That's why when people are like, yo, how did you make what you made? Blah, 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 blah. 
85% of your income comes from your ability to lead and deal with people. And another 15% comes from technical knowledge. And then I would also say a lot of trainers in LA or actually around the world, they focus on who they can train, you know, which is a lot of people want to train celebrities. Right. But I always tell people, sometimes celebrities ain't the best people to train. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they, most of the time, they're not going to be consistent. Mm. They in and out of town unless for some reason you're traveling with them. But don't focus on getting a celebrity client. Focus on getting a client that's going to be committed to the work. Mm. And from there, you can really progress. Right. So those are the main things that I would tell. Make the time investment worth, worth your while. Exactly. My brother, exactly. you know, um, there's a lot to talk about, so I'm going to have to get you on for another episode. For sure. Well, I really appreciate you coming on board. Man, no problem, Sharing bro. some insight, catching up. I appreciate you having me again. Learning. So everybody, Jerry Ford, um, find him on Instagram, website. He's hard to find because he's busy. He's got a family, <laughs> but you, know, you, can, you can catch up, get some inspiration on, on, from the gram. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, leave comments below. Let us know what you want to see more of. And until um, next time. Peace out.